Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Tuesday, September 22nd. My name, of course, as always, is Javier Reyes, your host of this here Lockdown Padres podcast. Check in and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, hit me up on there with any questions you might have, and I'll do my very old best to answer them right here on the show. Today's episode, a very simple one, and today's episode for sure, I bet you, is going to be a a quick one. At least I think it will be. We'll see how much I talk. I just wanted to talk about kind of uh, some things I didn't talk about yesterday, which is just since there's only like six games left, just wondering kind of what... uh, what would it look like? Who could the Padres potentially be playing in the playoffs and who I might prefer them to play if I have any preference at all? And then talk really quickly about that silly little question about just has there been a, have I personally ever had a greater heel turn for the positive on an athlete than I've had for, for Will Byers this season? It's a really interesting question. That I came up with some names, but I really, you know... It's 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 quite a turnaround, guys. I'll just leave it at that. But let's let's get right into this whole MLB playoff thing, right? First of all, I want to talk in general about the MLB playoffs this year. And the reason why I want to talk about them in general is because I, I, I've been saying this from the beginning of the podcast, or at least for the most part. I was all for every single thing that MLB did this year in terms of rule changes. Do whatever you want. It's 60 games. If there's ever been an experimentation phase for literally anything in sports, this has been absolutely the best test case possibility for it. This makes the perfect sense. You don't have as long of a season. However, the reason I bring this up is because it sounds like, and I'm a little bit late on this, I haven't really given my thoughts on it, but it sounds like Major League Baseball is considering keeping not just the whole, uh, you, you know, things like the double header. You know, the double header. It's, it's, if it's a double header, then it's only seven innings for each. No, no, not stuff like that. Not the whole second uh, or uh, an extra innings. You get a runner on second. You know what I mean? That that, that stuff. I is I assume they're going to carry over too. But they're actually considering carrying over the current playoff rules, meaning they're considering like permanently adding those extra like four, three or four teams or whatever it is, right? And I've seen a couple of writings on this. I've seen a lot of good articles. I don't know about you guys. I've just seen a lot of good baseball writing lately. And I really hate this because I've complained a little bit before about how, you know, I actually don't think the issue with baseball is the length of the game. I think that the length of the game is fine. If you find the sport boring, I don't really think you're going to be able to change people's minds on that. I've always thought that the length of the season is the problem. And one of the things I always bring up is because why as a fan should I care about this particular Dodgers series against the Padres? Unless it's like the first one of the year. Maybe just because you're excited to play the Dodgers the first time. Why does it matter if we're playing them for the second time? When I know that they're going to still see them again another like five times in in, in another two weeks. What makes this matchup special? What makes any game particularly special? That's what I think is a bigger deal for baseball. And that's, I think, what's, you know, while obviously COVID's been very serious, what I do think is that definitely um, it's been really exciting to see uh, a season in which it really feels like every series matters so, so, so much more. The entire season has felt like the last month of September in a regular season where it's just that last final push for a playoff spot, right? 
if you were to do this, to me, it cheapens the regular season and makes it even more unbearable. I already have trouble getting through a 162-game schedule, especially when football starts showing up, when basketball starts getting into gear, it's and all these things, when you start hearing about like all this stuff, right? And for you to extend the postseason, that would be awful. And not only that... You have this postseason format currently where it's for this first round, it's this freaking American Ninja Warrior or just Ninja Warrior. If you guys have ever seen that show style gauntlet of just anything can happen, you one mistake and you mess up. What I mean by that is a best of three series. That's the type of thing that I think the NBA should be considering more than baseball. Because baseball, Lord knows anybody can beat anybody on a given day. The Dodgers could lose to the Pirates tomorrow, and it's not, no one's going to freak out in a regular season game. No one's going, oh my gosh. You know, no, that would be crazy. You know what I mean? That would, that, that would, I mean, that wouldn't be crazy if that were to happen, right? If you did this and you have teams like, you know, Toronto Blue Jays, you know, the. The, the, the Marlins even, you know, the, the, the Brewers, who, who might be, we'll get into it a little bit later, the San Francisco Giants, teams that are below 500 have basically been a below 500, eh, maybe the Giants, they've been a little bit decent ever since we slayed them, they haven't been as good, but just, you would have those type of teams with a very real chance, if they just had, say, one A starter, and there's plenty of teams, that have one A start. I mean, I think we all kind of believe in conventional wisdom is that you know you need great pitching in the postseason, especially when you have those one or two A starters, especially when you have the third. Feels like that's what makes it the championship run, right? If say the Giants just let's just pretend that they let's they have a Delson Lamette quality starter for example, and all of a sudden they take one game against us for example, or they take one against the Dodgers, all they gotta do is have one more game go their way. I think that this would potentially be just super unfair, and it would only be fun for the type of people who their team isn't even going to make the playoffs. So yeah, that's the whole thing. Chaos enthusiasts will love this. Chaos enthusiasts are going to have so much fun this first round of the MLB playoffs. And by the way, spoiler alert, there's going to be some weird upsets, and it's not going to be feeling like a deserved upset. So I don't think that this is the right idea to go. You don't want to march madness, you know what I mean, the MLB baseball. I think you could have best of five series. I think that's fine that they do that. That's something the NBA should be looking into. I do not need to see the Lakers playing whoever the heck they play first round. You know what I mean? I don't need to see them playing whatever team it is, like a best of seven series. Come on, make it five. Make the first round five, right? Enough NBA. It's just a real critique of that league. This would be absolutely disastrous. I think it would be terrible. I think it would be super unrewarding for teams that make it and it would punish teams who make first place what the heck is the advantage oh you get the home field advantage who cares what even is a home field advantage in a three-game series who cares not to mention we're all starting to see that home field advantage doesn't seem to matter nearly as much as we thought it did and across all sports uh, you know what i mean and obviously baseball too but across all sports in general so that's my thoughts on that um but we're going to have to see if the Padres can still make it through. Because like I said, for chaos enthusiasts, and I am I am a chaos enthusiast to a degree, um, it would be great that the Padres, who I do not think are better than the Dodgers, they could have a real chance, theoretically, in a three-game series. I know that's just for the first round, but I'm just saying, theoretically, that would help uh, any team that's an underdog. But I don't think we want to start making this thing where... Because then, is a team even an underdog? You get what I'm saying? Now I'm sounding philosophical. I think that's a side that I should move on to talking about what I was going to talk to. But yeah, guys, I just I think it would be absolutely awful if Major League Baseball did that. Um, and in terms of the teams that the the Padres could end up playing, but before we get into that, I just want to say I'd love if the Dodgers played the Reds. I'd love that because I feel like the Reds. 
I know their offense is really, really bad. You know, they rank 30th in batting average, 22nd in on-base, 26th in runs. Yeah, they're 7th in home runs, but that's basically it. However, their pitching stats are very, very good. And they've got two pretty much bona fide aces on that team with Trevor Bauer and Luis Castillo. That's the type of team I don't think anybody wants to see in the first uh, you know, two rounds, especially in this wild card mania. So if you're a Dodgers fan, I'd be worried about that. You know what I mean? I would not want to play the Reds. We'll have to see based on these kind of last games who ends up making the playoffs there. But I definitely wouldn't want the Padres playing them. But I think the Padres are going to be too high for the um, to go up against the Reds. Um, who they will probably play is the Marlins. And I have to admit I'm nervous about this one. In theory, no. I am not nervous about the, the Marlins at all. They've got that guy, Sixto Sanchez, or whatever his name is, I think. you know He's, he's been great for them, but that team, while not good on paper, they just have managed to you know stay in the race, and they have this really good, you know speaking of chaos enthusiasts, they have this energy I don't want to mess with. They have this like, oh my God, the Marlins type of energy where people who don't follow baseball would love this story of this bottom tier team that just had a good season, a good 30, 60 game season stretch, and then they end up making the postseason and win the first round. So that I am super nervous about. I am not thrilled about that matchup. I'm really not. Don't get me wrong. I would love to talk to Arab Layton again of Lockdown Marlins. That would be super fun. But if I had like a a preferred team, let's just say it wouldn't be the Marlins, just only specifically because of that energy it just feels like the the if anything is more 2020 it's that it's the marlins progressing pretty far in the playoffs that's the ultimate 2020 type of thing right in terms of other teams that we could potentially play the st louis cardinals they're a little weird because let's state the obvious Padres have had a lot of bad, you know, bad success uh poor success whatever the term you want to use against the cardinals they've been eliminated basically what is it, every time by the Cardinals in the playoffs? So just that whole energy of like, you know you're going to get those stats on television, all the all the TV things, all at the clickers at the bottom, they're going to be like, Padres have not beaten the Cardinals in the playoffs since 1983 or whatever, right? That would be really scary. I would not necessarily want to play the Cardinals. Um, I know that Jack Flaherty, their big ace, he's been a little bit weird. I know that he got lit up the other day, but I still don't want to face that guy. I think that guy's... I think he's developing, and I think he's going to be a stud. I still wouldn't want to face him. Um, not as nervous, honestly. I wouldn't be as necessarily nervous as the Marlins. Just I'm telling you guys, the chaos and energy vibes that I'm getting from the Marlins, purely on a vibes base, would be scary. Um, but in terms of a technical thing and just which team is better, yeah, obviously you don't want to play the Cardinals. And given the history, you don't want to play the Cardinals. So those are the two teams that I definitely wouldn't want to play. However, in terms of teams I would want to play, the Milwaukee Brewers and the Philadelphia Phillies, because the Phillies, those guys are losers, man. I don't care. That whole city, every single one of their teams right now is just falling apart, whether it be the Sixers or the Eagles. and The Phillies, they have such an atrocious bullpen, and basically, as far as I've been monitoring, the only one I'd be afraid of in their rotation is, is Aaron Nola. And last time I checked, we got his brother on our team. So we've got good vibes. He's going to tell us exactly how to hit his brother. So I wouldn't be too scared about that. Like I said, not too much of technical stats on that. And Bryce Harper and JT Real Munta have been a little bit banged up lately. And I love Didi Gregorius. He's one of my favorite players of the league. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing that guy in the playoffs. I think it'll be fun. But that's one of the teams I absolutely would want to face. That bullpen is such a mess. I mean, that team is ultimate. It, that team is really like the the opposite, the antithesis of the Cincinnati Reds, where they have all the offense. You know what I'm saying? They got all the offense. They got all the 
the batters in terms of that sense. You know, Bryce Harper at one point in the time uh, was an MVP candidate, like about halfway through the season. And I'm still convinced that guy kind of has a little bit of a he. I think he's due for. I feel like that guy is going to have a playoff moment at some point in his career. Hopefully, it is it against us, but still, I think that that team would just be uh, an absolute joy to play. They're 30th in batting average against, 26 in earned run average, and walks plus hits per inning, otherwise known as WHIP. They are 28th. A lot of that comes from the bullpen. So. And Lord knows the Padres, they get key hits. Maybe they don't immediately hit out the starter when it comes to the games, but they love coming up with clutch hits at the end. So I'd love to play the Phillies. And then the Brewers, I just am not scared of that team. That team feels like it peaked two years ago. I really think that there's a, an issue with this whole Yelich thing and him just being just uncharacteristically bad. Yes, they have some guys on that team like Brandon Woodruff and... Corbin Burns, who have been really good for them, and they've got some nice bullpen arms like Devin Williams and Josh Hader, obviously. I mean, Devin Williams has been absolutely insane this year, like borderline broken. You know, his ERA is currently at 0.39. You know how absurd that is? You know, his K per nine is 18.4. That's how broken this guy has been. So Devin Williams just out of... Kind of out of nowhere, maybe people expected it, has been just basically even better than Josh Hader, one of the best relievers in baseball. So I would be worried about that, but I wouldn't be as worried about necessarily facing their starting pitchers. Like I mentioned with, with Birds, I just I feel like we could hit those guys potentially. Um, but that team, definitely wouldn't rather face them as compared to the Phillies, but I would be a little bit more comfortable as opposed to the dark magic that the Marlins might have and the just bad history that we have against the Cardinals, right? And we'll just have to see how it shakes out and whatnot. You know, will the Phillies get the job done and uh, make the playoffs, or will they be like the rest of the teams in their city? Uh, but speaking of getting the job done, guys, I need to take a quick second to talk to you about Indeed. Indeed, guys, it's fantastic. You know why it's fantastic? Because it helps. It just helps you through this this toxic waste of a year. You know what I mean? Everything. It's really important for employers and and employees to to have the perfect kind of job searching tool and and site to use. And indeed, well. It really is here to help. Let me tell you guys, it's the number one job site in the world because it gets you the best people fast when you're, when you're an employer. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, any time. And there are no long-term contracts. That last part is especially uh, enticing, right? Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire, with 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. That's a big number, let me tell you. But guess what? I'm not done with the numbers, guys. Check this out. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it real, real fast. Try out Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. This is their best offer available anywhere just for you guys the locked on padres and fire faithful hobies go right now to indeed.com slash locked on lb terms and conditions apply and offer is valid through september 30th and now last one more thing just one more message guys you know i love doing it vroom vroom i gotta talk to you guys about rockauto.com rockauto.com first and foremost as dominic toretto would so greatly appreciate by the way really can't wait for fast nine i know that's like a year off and who knows when the heck movies start coming out again but man that trailer that was one of the peak things that happened in 2020. Anyway, um, 
RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers, why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Does that make any sense? No, 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 it does not. Uh, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box, and they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And now with those messages out of the way, guys, I want to talk to you about my second topic of the day, and that is my Will Myers question. Is there any athlete that you've ever had a greater heel turn for, right? Will Myers is kind of this ultimate guy that we, I think Fire Faithful Hobies and everybody, they kind of view him as this this guy we like. He's a little bit of a meme, just in the sense that everybody's always saying, as John Genera said, where it's like, oh, is he high? You know, everybody makes fun of him and jokes about that, right? And he's a little bit of a goofball. But, you know, and we kind of like the goofball side of him, but he's been super disappointing. I think most people so associate with him the Trey Turner trade. And Trey Turner ends up winning a World Series with the Nationals, so don't get me wrong. I know the Nationals aren't very good this year, but still, obviously, was the correct trade. And I still think it was the correct trade. Um, but he, I don't think he was hated. I, I, you would guys would have to um, illuminate me a little bit more with this. You would have to uh, shine a light on it, whether or not he was hated. But I don't think he was necessarily hated. He was just very disappointing. You always wanted more. I mean, this is a guy who was the rookie of the year at one point, and he was a Yankee killer, and he was fun to watch, and he had that, that cool swing, I guess. And whenever he hit the ball out of the park, it was great. He was at that home run derby, right? And then he was just kind of meh for years. And then this year, he is, I'm not going to say he's a, a top MVP candidate, but he's an MVP type of player you know what I mean he's not going to win it but if this was like a, a longer season and it was more regular and people and there wasn't a lot of people who had inhuman stats of an OPS of over like 100 or 1000 you know what I mean uh, Will Byers would be viewed that way he's probably going to get comeback player of the year type of accolades but I'm wondering guys because he's so much fun to watch and this year and I talked about this with John he gets clutch hits all the time I mean even if, and he also is he's been a little bit slugging based you know what I mean he doesn't tend to necessarily get you the single that you always need but he's still kind of he's been doing that too I think that he went through a stretch like a couple weeks ago where it was either I think he was only hitting extra base hits like he never got a single or even a walk I think for a little bit of a, a stretch and that was when I was worried is Will Myers going to start doing the thing he does where he the streak is over the, the hitting the hot streak is over he's done right well no obviously it has kept up and he's been just such an uh, somewhat of an overlooked uh, big-time contributor next to the big names like Tatis and Machado, right, uh, for the Padres this season. But I was just wondering, and I started thinking to myself, have I ever had a greater heel turn for an athlete? You know, I talked to John about, has there ever been someone for the Padres that we've had a greater heel turn on? But now I'm talking about athletes in general. And for me, a lot came to mind, right? I think the number one would be J.R. Smith, right? J.R. Smith in basketball, for those who don't know, he kind of became a hated man in New York. This guy just, he was six man of the year and then was awful after that, right? He had that one great year, the one great Knicks season, and was just kind of a mess after that. And then he has kind of this dream, you know, just euphoric moment in the NBA playoffs back in 2016 uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And everyone just starts to embrace the kind of lunacy 
of J.R. Smith. They kind of go backwards on him. You know what I mean? And I, it was it was it's so much fun to witness because you you felt so happy for the guy. I mean, he you know he has that amazing speech that people forget right now, where he was just just crying tears of joy and saying, "Hey, I know you all asked me to be better and all this thing." After they won the finals against the Golden State Warriors, and I have to admit that one was big time. He went from being the dude who was untying people's shoes, which looking back was just hilarious, but it's not as funny when your team is losing. You know what I mean? That's the difference. It's not as fun for you to be doing those antics when your team is just a complete mess. It's fun, but it's not fun if you're a fan of the team, I guess, if that makes any sense. Uh, so Jarrah Smith is one of those. Ryan Matthews, for the uh, for the formerly known as the San Diego Chargers, he had one awesome season where he actually stayed healthy. Uh, he played a full 16 games for the Chargers back in 2016, averaging 4.4 yards per carry, which isn't insane, but he did manage to, you know, uh, do pretty good when it comes to the... Uh, rushing, just being a consistent rusher, you know, averaging 78.4 yards per game. I always thought that that guy was just like, he, I thought he had a lot of talent, but he never stayed healthy. But still, I thought it was a pretty fun uh, season back in 2013 when he was good and actually helpful and contributed to a pretty good uh, ground game that the Chargers had. But he's really not up there in terms of all-time heel turns, right? Uh, Justin Upton, I used to have, this one's a little bit of a weird one, right? Justin Upton, I used to have this belief of, you know, I was always kind of disappointed in that guy just as a baseball fan because he started out so, so good. You know, like first real season where he kind of really played in the league, batting 250 with a 353 on base, you know, super top prospect. He does uh, manage to hit 15 homers, which is really good, especially back in 2000, uh, 2008. Um, and then after that, uh, like, you know, is a not a top level MVP candidate, but he's even better, batting 300 with a 366 on base with. 26 homers everybody's like here it is top level prospect right and then for the next few years after that and basically for the rest of the career he remains the same and a lot of people I feel like didn't like Justin Upton myself included where I was kind of like dang you know what the heck why haven't you ever just broken out like you were supposed to but then in the end I kind of just grew to appreciate it I grew to appreciate his consistency right so that's one thing and speaking of like kind of consistency Jason Hayward was another one of those guys like a number one overall prospect for a while and basically just had a decent career and I guarantee you that the way uh, I feel about Will Byers is the way people the Cubs fans might have felt about Jason Hayward just because of all those reports after the uh, during the World Series game during the rainout, uh, famously that apparently he gave the greatest speech of all time while they were waiting and I bet a lot of the Cubs fans were like screw it it was worth the money we got our World Series he he spiced up the team he got them excited you know what I mean um and then and then you know th- these are kind of like really niche uh ones that I've had heel turds on but now um I'm gonna talk about some uh some all-timers just as a coach Tom Coughlin I was a this one is kind of one that I experienced like ostensibly like that kind of indirectly experienced and that was just Guys, if you don't live in New Jersey, you live in New York, the media hated Tom Coughlin for a little bit. I mean, he was just such a disaster, and everybody's ready to fire him. And then he wins that first Super Bowl against the Giants, and then it happens again, and then it, and then he wins another Super Bowl. So everyone was like, all right, never mind. We love you, Tom Coughlin. You're good forever. You know what I mean? Every time that guy was on the hot seat, he won a Super Bowl. Um, and then... Uh, last two, or last three, actually, Kyle Lowry, um, just, I never, I thought that guy wasn't good for a while when it comes to uh, basketball. I thought he wasn't good, and then he had an amazing moment in the playoffs last year, and just became this super fun, likable, kind of cheeseball guy, Uh, so shout out to Kyle Lowry, and then last two, Jimmy Butler, he is the current Will Myers person, I have Will Myers in baseball, obviously, for great heel turns, and then Jimmy Butler, I always thought Jimmy Butler just, 
struck struck me as just this jerk, right? And I was always wondering, why are we treating this guy like the ultimate veteran dude when he's never really made it out of like the first round in the playoffs? I think he's made it out of the first round like once. And he had this, you know, he's fighting with the guys of the Timberwolves, all this thing. It's like, don't get me wrong, Jimmy Butler, great player. But I was always like, what the heck, man? You know, like, why are we acting like this guy is a top 10 player? And look what's happened with the Heat. They are leading 2-1 against the Celtics, and I think they actually play tonight. Uh, and who knows? He, they could. It's feasible that they win the finals, so we'll have to see on that. So I just think I have to give respect to Jimmy Butler for showing that, yes, he is just as good as we kind of had the Revs for before. And then lastly, last but not least, I talked this about this with Gabrielle Starr, the mother-effing star girl, uh, months and months ago, back during uh, super COVID times, David Ortiz. David Ortiz was one of those guys growing up as a Yankee fan that I just loathed because he was so good. And when I grew up, I grew to appreciate him more. And it happened especially after, one, he had some funny comments, just being a funny dude, making fun of uh, Bud Selig, I'm pretty sure, when he was trying to institute a, he, tried, he instituted the rule where you can't step out of the batteries box and all that stuff. And he's like, well, you know, all the pitchers are going, you know, they're, they're shaking their head back and forth, but you want to legislate against us, whatever. And I just thought it was funny. And most importantly, my mom loved Jorge Posada, and there was this moment uh, in the kind of twilight of Jorge Posada's career where there was a lot of disrespect coming from the Yankees' front office and just not playing him and not telling him, not giving him a lot of respect, really, as much as they did the rest of the core four for the Yankees with, you know, Andy Pettit and Mariano Rivera and Derek Jeter, and and David Ortiz came out and was like, you guys are treating him like crap. You know what I mean? Like, how, why are you treated? Like, he's, he's a legend for them. You know what I mean? And my mom loved him and was so ecstatic about that. So David Ortiz... One of the all-time heel turns that I've actually kind of had. But none of these guys are part of a team I've followed, right? Yeah, Ryan Matthews, that was such a deep niche cut. That's like me forcing one in here. But I'm curious, guys. Have you ever had a greater heel turn for an What are just Even if it's not greater than Will Byers this season, what are some great heel turns that you've had for guys you used to despise and players that you used to hate for whatever reason? And what made you turn around on them and, and who were they? I'd just be curious to hear your answers, guys. But um, on that note, because guess what? I know this is going to shock you guys. Yet again, I went longer than I anticipated I would go um, for this podcast. It's all every time, every time. Maybe, uh, you know, I, maybe one day. That's going to be an ongoing joke for the podcast that every time I say this is going to be a quick one, that I'll actually shut my damn mouth and finish when I say I'm going to finish and make it like 18 minutes, you know? But I never do that because. I just can't help it, guys. I got to get all my thoughts out there. If I feel like I haven't said what needed to be said, then, you know, what am I even doing here? You know, I feel like I'm shortchanging you guys and shortchanging myself in a lot of ways. But with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. Go send me some uh, nice reviews on iTunes. That would be super great. We'll love getting those five-star reviews and whatnot uh, if you like the podcast. Um, looking forward to tonight's game and seeing Zach Davies pitch. Hopefully, you know, we don't see anything crazy anything troublesome as long as he's great that's all I care about and then I'll be recapping the game I feel like it's been a while since I've done a like really like detail based like fact fact like a bunch of things uh recap of of a game so I'll be doing I'll be doing that tomorrow um but until next time stay safe and of course stay faithful my fire faithful homies take care